So just to sum that up, 394 million total round, 150 million went on the balance sheet of the business, 244 million of it went to early employees, early angel investors, the founder, liquidity. It was a 1.7 post money valuation. And Steve, about what revenue run rate today? Uh, so I think we're pretty public about this. We're, we're, we're approaching right around $100 million US. You are listening to Conversations with Nathan Latka, where I sit down and interview the top SaaS founders, like Eric Wan from Zoom. If you'd like to subscribe, go to getlatka.com. We've published thousands of these interviews, and if you want to sort through them quickly by revenue or churn, CAC, valuation, or other metrics, the easiest way to do that is to go to getlatka.com and use our filtering tool. It's like a big Excel sheet for all of these podcast interviews. Check it out right now at gitlatka.com. Hey, folks. My guest today is Steve Munford. He has nearly two decades of executive leadership experience in the technology industry and currently serves as the CEO of Trulyu Software, a leader in digital identity. Previously, he held leadership and board positions with a number of public and private software companies in North America and Europe. He holds a BA in economics from the University of Western Ontario and an MBA from Queen's University. Steve, you ready to take us from the top? Sure thing, Nathan. All right. Digital identity is hot. Metaverse, uh, we have we have Jumio on blockchain. We've got all these tools. We have traditional players like Ping Identity. How do you fit into the space? Yeah, so we are involved with um, the onboarding process. So think about yourself if you're a neobank or an online trading platform and, and you're trying to onboard customers and comply with different regulations or build trust. Uh, you need a digital identity service to do that. And that's what we are. And, and the thing that makes us unique is that we we do it not only here in Canada, the US, but we do it across 195 countries, which makes it hard and makes what we do quite special. So when I just bought recently on my Tesla and had to show them proof of insurance and ownership via the app, one of the things they had me do was effectively go through a third party and verify my identity. It was like a face picture with some algorithm thing, plus my a picture of my passport. Are you powering those sorts of things? Yeah, yeah. So uh, you know, so it could be a marketplace, it could be a shop, it could be a, a you know an online trading platform. Those are all use cases for us. And uh, you know, typically we we get involved with you know high high growth digital first disruptors that are expanding globally, and and we're really part of them. And tell me about how you price, right? So are you charging like per identity verified, per KYC filing? Like how how do you verify or price? As a consumption base, we 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 do it based on per check. So every time someone comes to do us, comes to us with a check, we charge a a, uh, a fee on that. I see, sort of like a flat fee. We're talking like five cents or something. No, no, no. This is uh, this can be you know it could be in the cents, it could be in the dollars, depending on the country, depending on the complexity. Because not only do we do individuals, we also do companies. So whether it's a large company or think about a sole proprietor signing up to do some kind of rideshare programming or a sole proprietor going on to a a platform to sell their their goods or rent their houses. Those are all kind of different, you know, different versions of the same workflow, if you will. Just to Steve simplify my questions, can I assume sort of the average though is maybe around a dollar? Sometimes it's two dollars, sometimes it's five cents. Yep. Yep. That's good. Okay. Tell me about the backstory here. What got you into this? Uh, well, one is um, it, it's uh, the founder who, who founded Truly was based here in Vancouver. Uh, I knew some of the investors. I got to know him over the years and really started with conversations about the next stage of growth for the company. And, you know, he was considering a lot of options, like many founders, you know, should I, you know, try to scale the business myself? Should I take on new investors? Should I sell the business? And what was context? How much had he raised? And was he the sole founder? 
he, no, there was two founders, but he was the only founder still in the business. Um, he had raised, I don't have the exact figures, but think about in the tens and twenties millions of dollars. Yeah. And, uh, and the company at the time was doing, I don't call it 20 or $30 million. Yep. And uh, he was trying to decide whether to try to scale to be a hundred plus million dollar company. This was 2017. This was 20. I began the conversations with them about in 2017, 2018. I took over running the uh, the company back in early 2020. So okay. along the ways, he he decided the that three he year conversation, Steve. That's a lot of patience. Uh, yeah, it was a lot of per, per, patience. But um, listen, it was a great chance to get to know him, get to know the business, and uh, to build a, a relationship. And listen, the conversation started, you know, just one one guy trying to be helpful to an, a, an entrepreneur, and it turned out to be, you know, it was a great fit. You know, the identity problem. Is huge. The market, um, you can't ask for a bigger market, more uh, important market than identity today. It, it's a hard problem. It hasn't been solved. And, and the need for it as everything goes digital just increases. So he had a desire to you know, stay involved with the company, but pass off the baton to running the company. We went about uh, doing another round of financing that allowed him to take some secondary to you know, take a step back and you know, passed off to this new guy and 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 kind of take some money off the table, and it's worked out really well. So, Steve, just to back up the story here, because yeah, I mean, when you say you you you're underselling a bit, your most recent round, I'll let you tell tell the story. But what was the size of the most recent Series D? It was U.S. dollars three hundred ninety four million, um, hundred fifty primary, and the rest was secondary. And just a lot of founders don't understand you can get liquidity for yourself, early investors, and early employees without IPOing or exiting 100%. Just quickly explain how a secondary works. Yeah, and and actually just just full context, I was a pre money valuation of 1.6 billion. So okay. um, and so what the, post the, post post two mil, t- post two billion basically? Well, because 150 primary, so post 1.75 okay. uh, US. Um, but I think this is a really important point, Nathan. I, I think um, for a long time, you know, I don't think investors had a lot of appetite to give founders or CEOs or early uh, investors liquidity before they got their liquidity or before there was an IPO. And I think that that was fundamentally misaligning um, risk and, and, and interest. And, and I would say for the last four or five founders I've worked with, a key ingredient to um, them feeling comfortable to allow the company to take more risk, to grow, to go longer, was the ability for them to take some secondary and take some chips off the table to de-risk. Because it, for most founders, it, their chips are on one company. And, and whereas investors, they spread across you know five or 10 companies. So the, the risk kind of appetite for an investor can be very different to, to a founder. And I, I think if you, by allowing some liquidity along the way, it's just... Um, it's just there and it's good and and this you know liquidity event that we had geez there's employees here that have been here six or seven years and were able to pay down mortgages or even pay off mortgages uh the founder was able to take some money off the table some very early investors angel investors were as well and, and quite frankly there was more appetite to buy shares and there were sellers of shares in this round and and i think that's you know looking across i think we have probably 40 or 50 employees that were able to get some kind of liquidity that's and amazing. That's fantastic. And and now they're they're still engaged. They still got a they got a lot to play for, but but they're able to kind of take some rewards along the way. I think it's and guys, important. you guys are listening right now going, well, Steve, 
they have a lot of scale. I mean, they broke 25 million in revenue in 2017. Well, I don't have that much revenue yet. I can't do a secondary. I will tell you, we're seeing secondaries very early. I'm seeing series A companies take secondaries. So just because Steve is much larger than maybe you guys are listening, still take this advice on secondaries to heart if you're thinking about it, you know, seed or series A. Steve, would you agree? I completely agree because a lot of those same investors with good companies also could get complete liquidity if they wanted. There's a lot of M&A appetite going out here. So this is it's really just a, an option of, hey, some secondary, I'm still going long. And uh, that's absolutely a conversation you can have if you're the right profile of company. And the risk, the flip side to this, the reason firms like TCB will do this, uh, Steve, I'm sure you are as well, but you know, I'm an investor in a bunch of different VC funds and the VC funds get so bummed when founders sell too early because they want personal net worth, whereas they would have stuck with the business if they could extract some personal wealth ahead of time and, and have a long-term horizon. So that's what TCB is fighting against. Absolutely. And it's not just a founder. Think about it. The founder generally has a family. And that, that, that person's been working 24 hours a day. The family's generally made a lot of sacrifice as he's been building the company. And at some point, you need to come home and say, hey, we don't have a mortgage anymore. Or, or you know, we, we, we're going to be in good shape. And I love my company to go longer, but we've been able to toast, celebrate a milestone along the way. And it doesn't make the founder any less hungry. It just actually mean, means that he has a longer time horizon. I, I think it's a really important ingredient to, uh, to building a, a company over the long term. So just to sum that up, 394 million total around 150 million went on the balance sheet of the business. 244 million of it went to early employees, early angel investors, the founder, liquidity. It was a 1.7 post money valuation. And Steve, about what revenue run rate today? Uh, so I think we're pretty public about this. We're, we're, we're approaching right around $100 million US. So that begs the question, right? Why do a secondary, you could have maybe, I mean, you really need to have like 120, 140 in AR to have a you know a good IPO these days, but why not IPO instead of doing the secondary with TCV? Yeah, I mean, absolutely. When when you're the rule of, I think we're a rule of 120. So, so oh, wow, nice. So we are not a company that needed the money to fund operations. We're a profitable, high growth company. And an IPO, yes, absolutely. That, that was, uh, we could have done that. Um, but I tell you, we, we, we see the opportunity to build a company that's you know, really the platform for identity, which really, it's a, it's a multi, multi-billion dollar company. And the ability to, to, listen, there's a lot of private capital available and the ability to operate a company not under the scrutiny of a public market, not to be a sub, I don't know, sub-scale public market company. You got a lot more latitude to focus on the business versus focus on a lot of other investors. And it's a lot easier to run a company if you have a couple investors that sharing your thesis and are working alongside you than to have all the overhead, overhead of running a public company. I've you know run a couple of public companies and, and it is very, very different than you know having one smart investor that wakes up every day and cares as much about your business as you do is very different than having you know 20 or 30 or 40 or thousands of public company investors. Do you guys care about valuation right now, specifically your valuation? Do you think you might raise soon or sell a portion of the company? There is no other tool on the internet that you can use to get a better and higher valuation than FounderPath's new valuation tool. We have over 253 deals that went down over the past 30 days, all the revenue numbers, all the valuations, and the multiplier. That way you can go filter the data, find companies that are your same size, what they sold or raised for or at, 
and then use those as comparables in your decks to argue and debate and get a higher valuation and less dilution, which is the name of the game, less dilution. Check it out today at founderpath.com forward slash products. That's plural forward slash valuations. Again, both plural founderpath.com forward slash products forward slash valuations. And guys, you hear this a lot when I interview founders doing between 80 and 200 million bucks in AR, they'll talk about rule of 40. And just to remind everyone what that is, is effectively your last 12 month growth rate plus uh, profitability, right? So if you grew 100% and you also had 20% profitable, you'd be 120. Steve, I imagine you guys are not profitable, but you're growing much larger than 120% year over oh, year. We are profitable. We are profitable. You are pro- you're profitable. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. We're, we're break profitable. that down. Break, yeah. the, the, break that 120 down for me then. How much profit, how much growth? Well, it's called a hundred percent growth and, and it's anywhere between five and 20% EBITDA. So may, listen, I'm, I'm rounding the numbers here, but it, it's, it's all good numbers. That's incredible. So if you're doing about a hundred million run rate today, where were you about a year ago? Uh, we've been growing a hundred percent. So so 50 million. Yeah. That's great. Okay. Very cool. Take me back to the series C. Obviously you're managing a storyline between the series C and 2019. Now you joined, you joined right before the series C or after? Uh, after. Oh, you joined it right after. Okay, so maybe you don't. I mean, and probably probably know this though. So the fifty, it was seventy CAD, fifty-five million USD. What valuation was that at? Uh, I don't think we went public in that one, but it was relatively small. So. Okay, m- m- most folks on the Series C, I mean, you're selling ten to fifteen percent of the business. Would you say you're probably in that standard range, or you did something unique? Uh, I, yeah, it's, it's not sure. Right. Yeah, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna let you fair down to I, get to an answer. <laughs> I want. I want. I want to see how much the valuation grew over the past 12 months since revenue grew 100. percent Can you speak to that at all? A lot, a lot. And, okay. and there's okay. two things. One is um, our growth rate certainly accelerated. Um, we we really scaled the, the leadership team and geographic presence. Um, our new logo acquisition really ramped up, and um, and and also the market dynamics just went in our way. All of a sudden identity became the most important enabler for online commerce. And and that, you know, pre-pandemic, it was a trend coming. You know, post-pandemic, when we saw the democratization of financial products, everybody wanting to open an account, trade online, those products going global, you know, the payment infrastructure all changing, everything being digital, all of a sudden identity became the the gating factor for companies expanding and growing, which was a tailwind for us. So it was a combination of, yes, the company's metrics have greatly improved, but also just the recognition that this is a huge business seemed to come about the same time, which just the multiples that people are getting in our space have just um, expanded considerably. And you mentioned local acquisition. How many customers today? Uh, about 450. Okay, 450. That's great. And then talk to me a little bit. You mentioned building out the team. How many folks are full-time on the team today? Oh, we're just over 300. Okay. And how many engineers? Uh, about 100. Very heavy. And and do you love that shred financing up there in Canada or what? Uh, shred financing, listen, I've been in this business. You, you mentioned my gray hairs a long time. I think it is a great asset for Canadians. I, I think it is such a good program that the government runs. It runs very efficiently. I'm a big fan. And um, I, I think it, it is a, a something that really helps out companies um, here. Yep. Now, there's a reason that we uh, that we have a significant amount of our actually 50% of our employees up there in Canada as well. We we, we love that. Um, talk to me, see if I, I do have a question for you. So there are some people that might argue with current market dynamics, a 1.7 post money valuation, growing 100% year over year and 100 million. That's a 17x multiple. 
it's actually much less than like a 35, 40%, 40X multiple that like, you know, Manny Medina Outreach got or Gong is getting or ClickUp just got. Why, why, why are you getting, I mean, why is your valuation multiple almost half of some of those guys in your opinion? So, so I'm, I'm quoting today's numbers, which is really six months on or, or seven months on from the value from when we did the financing. So I see. So, so they weren't, they weren't that at the time. So the, I think the, the multiples was mid twenties to thirties back then. So, um, yeah, listen, I, and listen today, I think our growth rate accelerated even, even since then. So today we're, we're certainly worth a lot more than what, what the last financing was at. Talk to me about net dollar retention real quick before we wrap up. Where are you guys at today? Uh, we're approaching, we always range between 150 and 200. And, and we, 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 that's world, um, that's world class. Yeah, yeah, and that's what makes us profitable, right? So back to the point that you said, how, how can you EBITDA profitable? We we acquire customers, and in any given quarter, the majority of our revenue comes from existing customers. It's a usage based pricing, right? So we land a customer, and then we land generally winning platforms that are expanding organically and and expanding geographically. So if you take care of those customers, you solve their problem, and you're relentlessly focused on their success. You know, you can't help but have great net dollar retention in our space. Yeah. So, Steve, just to peel the onion on net dollar retention, you have gross or revenue churn and then obviously expansion. Are you guys gross churn like ten percent and expansion eighty to get the one seventy or something like that? Yeah, our growth dollar retention is is negligible, like it's okay. single digits. Yeah, annually, um, it, it, and and we'll be fine as we get people on the platform and and the, they can be small because they're an early company and they can stay small or go away. But if they grow, once they get growing as a company then we never lose them. Yep. Interesting. Uh, wrap us up here uh, before the famous five. What are you going to spend the 150 on? Uh, likely inorganic growth. Okay. And so um, there's a lot of folks growing very fast right now by if they can raise from VCs at a 17x multiple, but they'll buy other companies at a 10x multiple. You do that all day long. Inorganic growth, financial engineering, call it what you want. Is that what you mean? Yeah, I actually... Yes, those math, that math makes sense, but it really is for us all about product, right? We, we, yeah. we are not... I'm not looking for top line growth. I'm not. I'm looking for product to extend our platform, and with the right product, we we have a customer base that is enviable. If we broaden our products, we we can we can sell more to them and provide more of a whole whole solution for them. So, it, it really is about product and the team and the tech, not so much. I'll pay whatever multiple I need to to get the right asset. It's all about the product, the team, and the tech. Name a product category that's right next to digital identity that you're very interested in. I think there, there's a lot of areas uh, for opportunities in fraud, um, a lot of areas for opportunity in things like biometrics. Um, there's, there's, you know, parts of the orchestration of how you orchestrate multiple different steps in an identity journey. All these things we have either part of the solution or building solutions that we may want to, we may be able to accelerate our growth through M&A. Mm-hmm. Very cool. All right. Famous five. Number one, favorite business book. Uh, my favorite business book. Um, can, you, can we come back to that one? Yeah. Number two, is there a CEO you're following or studying? Give me a Canadian founder. I, I, I'm a big Elon Musk fan. Sorry. All right. I don't know if he has any Canadian in him, but we'll see. Number he three. does. He went, to, he went to Queens, by the way. Oh, okay. There you go. Fair enough. Number three, what's your favorite online What's your favorite online tool, Steve, for building Trulio? Uh, for building Trulio? Because um, I thought I was going to say Snapchat for keeping in touch with my, 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 my kiddos. kiddos. Yeah. I Listen, we are big users of Slack. Black and, and I think it's just a great tool for us. Number four, how many hours of sleep do you get every night? I'm about a six-hour guy. If That's I, good. If I have a hard work, if I have a hard workout, maybe seven, but generally a six-hour guy. In situation, Steve, married, single, kiddos. I'm married with three uh, wonderful kids. 
Wow. Busy guy. And how, uh, how old are you? I am 55. Take us home. Something you wish you knew when you were 20. Wish I knew when I was 20 um, that my philosophy degree would have so much value. <laughs> <laughs> Trulio.com, guys, one of the unicorns in the digital identity space. Steve came in a couple years ago to drive expansion in the platform. The company has grown over 100% year over year from 50 million in AR to 100 million in ARR, 450 enterprise customers today. They just raised 394 million bucks in capital, 151 on the balance sheet, 244 to provide liquidity to early backers of the business, employees, and founders. 1.75 billion valuation as they look to continue to scale. Steve, thanks for taking us to the top. Yeah, thank you, Nathan. All the best.